friends, and welcome to Screen Ramit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm, of course, your host, Kayla, and here with me is my twin, Kali J. Yo, quack, quack, baby. It's me again. Back again with the quacks. And today, we also have a special guest. Our guest today is a fellow podcast host, co-host of Reels of Justice and the main boy of the Coolness Chronicles, and that will be my pal, Ryan Luis Rodriguez. Hi, everybody. Quack, quack. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he gets it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, quack, quack, quack. (laughs) I got two quack heads on the pod today. Hell about yeah. to be a damn mess in here. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Ryan. Yes. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is uh this is an honor. Oh, no, the honor's ours. <laughs> of course. Ryan is possibly the only person I know who's watching even near as many movies as I am, uh and by that I mean probably twice as many. <laughs> Yes, it's quite a bit. Which is fun. Why are you like this? Uh, well, I'm fundamentally broken. That's... I think that's the first part. Welcome to humanity. Uh, yeah. I have so much free time on my hands that I have to do something with it. And I've done enough mm-hmm. creative things that uh, I can just waste time now. And I don't know. I mean, movies are my thing. That's Movies are life. Yeah, I, the biggest thing that bugged me about the coronavirus is uh, other than the fact that, you know, it's, it's not fun. I just want to say on record, the coronavirus is not fun. Uh, yeah. The fact that it oh. killed movie theaters <laughs> is uh, the most depressing thing in the world. Tragedy. Yeah, I know. Oh, I have dreams yeah. about popcorn. You, you yeah. too? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Literally have had several dreams about movie theater popcorn. <laughs> That's depressing. Yeah. Depressing and unhinged. And the worst part is that I can't wake up and go get it. Yeah. <laughs> Yuck. Well, you can now, sort of. If I want to also bucks. get Corona, what? <laughs> well, that, or you can rent out a, an entire theater for yourself for like a hundred bucks. Mm, maybe we'll have to do that when I live there. Yeah, we in uh, California tight. are not yet yeah. there, unfortunately. We have drive-ins. We have like two drive-ins, but our big theaters yeah. are still closed. Not nah, Indiana. Eh. Yeah, we're kind of fast and loose here about yeah. quote unquote rules or safety (laughs) to say the least (laughs) yeah (laughs) when you go to indiana ain't ain't a person alive wearing a mask (laughs) wait what what other creative stuff have you done uh well i'm uh uh, i was a screenwriter for a long time clearly uh not published or uh purchased but uh (laughs) since then i kind of moved into being like an amateur critic also not published also not purchased uh, and now just finding work in the deep recesses of podcast land. I think I'm approaching my mm-hmm. fourth. Your fourth what? Your fourth podcast? Yeah, I'm developing it what? right now. And I might be developing a fifth as well. It all depends on how what? I can juggle Whoa. my time. But Can you spill beans on what you're working on? Or we can cut it if you don't want it to be public. No, 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 I'm absolutely. Uh, so I have, well, Reels of Justice, that's, uh, I, I don't really have to do a lot of work for that. That's kind of me showing up mm-hmm. and arguing about something. Coolness Chronicles is a <laughs> lot of work, but uh, that's yeah. my main passion. Then the Patreon, where it's basically, I'm basically doing two episodes every week of that show. Yeah. And then Damn. the two that I'm working on right now that haven't debuted yet, one is called One Track Mind, where I analyze movies through their audio commentaries. And okay. then I'm planning another one. That's why you've been watching so many movies with commentary? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I would have done that either way, even be- oh, even that's... without the podcast. But that is uh, that is the main reason recently. 
Okay. And what's the, what's the last the one? The last one is uh, confidential. Can't tell you anything about that one. Oh. Nothing. Oh, okay. my gosh. I'm on the edge of my seat. Movies with uh, commentary. <laughs> that's a, I res- it's the right thing to do. I don't know if that's the way to say it. It's good to watch it that way. I am such a fucking baby about getting around to do it. Because I'm like, but I just want to watch the movie. But, Kali, I don't think you're, like, naturally as curious about the behind-the-scenes stuff, maybe. Uh, you're right. It is. Not it's, it's, yeah. it's an acquired thing. Like, it, it really mm-hmm. depends on not just, like, how much you enjoy a movie, but just kind of how kind of granularly you like to get about the, the process or theory. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And that's more my thing and not your thing, Kali. Yeah. <laughs> I would say. Broad strokes, Just naturally. baby. Because yeah. I happened to come of age when DVDs like actually started being like Laserdisc and like giving good comprehensive extras. And so I got I got obsessed mm-hmm. like yeah, really yeah. early on. And that that's stayed with me all this time. Yeah. No, I remember I did that too. Like I watched like these three uh well, fuck. Five movies I watched the fuck out of their com with commentary. Shrek? Uh, Ice Age and the three Lord of the Rings movies. The, the commentaries on the Lord of the Rings ones are really good. Super good. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, don't even like those movies, but I like those commentaries. Don't watch Ice Ages with commentary. Ice Age commentary is subpar. Okay, crossing Shrek. it off the list. Shrek is okay. And I had all five Ice Ages on here too. Shit. Okay, well. Well, maybe this the sequels might have better Is it sad that I know no. that there's five Ice Ages? That is depressing. I would have told if you would have like gun to my head what how many I probably would have said seven. I can't believe there are that oh. many. <laughs> well, insane. if you count the scratch shorts, I think there's seven. Ah, I just ah. made myself even more oh pathetic. My God. Okay, Yay! can we please fucking move on? Move on from Ice Age. I, I I did this to the us. I broke us. So let's talk about Shrek the Third. So what's your favorite <laughs> moment in that film? <sighs> I only saw one, two, and four. And although I don't think the Shrek movies are good, I do recommend Shrek Retold. It's on YouTube, and it's like 500 animators and uh, short filmmakers recreating Shrek moment by moment. And it's, for a movie that is objectively terrible, it's amazing. It's so good. Did you say Shrek Shrek 1 is terrible? Yeah, I I hate all the Shrek movies. Like, deeply. I hate them so much. All right, well, this episode's fucking over then. Enemies. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. I thought everyone was like, yeah, Shrek, good. I, I mean, Shrek is awesome. <laughs> what was that all about? I mean, it was certainly a cultural, it was a cultural moment. Yes. Yeah. Precisely. A moment. I don't think you it have was... to think it was, I don't think you, you have to think that it was like really good as long as you can acknowledge that it was yeah. a moment in culture. As long as we say, well, yeah. that happened. <laughs> That's what matters. <laughs> it, it changed something in the zeitgeist. Let us never forget <laughs> the events of Shrek. For they happened. Yeah. Also, it was ultimately <laughs> riding in Austin Powers' wake when you think about it. Because, like, Mike Myers hit stardom, but prior to Shrek, really due to SNL and Austin Powers. And that uh, wonderful trilogy's lasting power. Plus, I mean, yeah. the, the Shrek voice is Fat Bastard. It's, I mean... Literally, <laughs> literally is. It literally is just fat bastard. <laughs> oh my god. God damn it. Hey. What? Uh what w- movie did we watch? <laughs> I just don't want to talk about <laughs> Shrek and Ice Age anymore. All right, so we watched the 2017 film Brigsby Bear and Ryan picked this movie. So, Ryan, tell us why you picked this movie. So, this film is first off beautiful. 
I think it's Uh achingly human and yet absurd in all the right places. I think that it scratches a lot of itches in terms of my kind of obsessions. Like, the Brigsby Bear show in it is very much like uh, a clip that you would find on Everything is Terrible or on TV Carnage. That kind of, like, found Mm -hmm. footage. But like mm-hmm. a mixtape totally. of garbage that was on VHS tapes, like that's, that's <laughs> yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. I love yeah. everything is terrible. That shit's so and good. And I identify with Kyle Mooney's character simply because uh, he's clearly on the spectrum in some way. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not clear what kind, but high functioning, but uh, a little little set in like his repetitive ways. Like I can, I have Asperger's, mm-hmm. so I can identify yeah, with that that's interesting and also uh and this is a little dark but i am a uh survivor of child abuse and mm-hmm. i i feel that the message of the film is kind of how we turn to the things that can basically let us see the light in the darkest places and mm-hmm. i think that yes. he especially yep. i mean even though he wasn't like beaten or berated he was he was kidnapped as a kid mm-hmm. and uh it is basically it it is tantamount to abuse what he had to go through whether he saw that right. or not absolutely that's what it is and i really appreciate kind of the optimism of the film and that it suggests that yeah. even if you have childhood trauma it doesn't define you and it's how mm-hmm. you find other people and make use of your skills that defines your life and i think that that's a beautiful message to impart absolutely wow. yeah that's so well said yeah <laughs> yeah I was. I said that's interesting uh, to your identification with Kyle Mooney's character being on the spectrum because I didn't. I actually didn't interpret it that way. I totally saw it just like yeah, growing up in that traumatic, like that fucked up of a like kind of thing, yeah. mm-hmm. like, isolated, completely yeah. isolated. Like oh, your brain just gets you know jumbled. Basically, is all I had. Like how emotionally stunted. I refer to him as like a baby and a toddler throughout. Because that's sometimes the skill level he has based on the situation. And it's so, it's just done so, that's the other thing is fucking Kyle Mooney knocks it out of the goddamn park. Oh, absolutely. It is a a performance. It is not a bit. It is actual acting. And it's it's a kind of character that he's done a lot. But I think that he, he brings a gravity to it. That is yeah. completely necessary in order to uh, buy the concept of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the way he talks, his uh, manner of speech, his line reads are immaculate. They're so fucking funny when he's doing a joke. Yeah. Before we get too far into the meat, let's run through the cast and critic scores real fast. So mm-hmm. uh, we do have several celebs in the cast here, so I'll try and go through them quickly. Uh, we've already mentioned mm-hmm. Kyle Mooney, who, of course is from SNL. Everybody knows. He also co-wrote the movie. We have Mark Hamill, Claire Danes, Jorge Lindeborg, who was also in Alita Battle Angel, which we did on the pod. And yeah, and Ryan just watched. (laughs) Also from Spider-Man movies. Matt Walsh from Veep and UCB. Um, Beck Bennett, also from SNL. Greg Kinnear, who's... Amazing in this film. Indiana Boy. (laughs) Yeah, Indiana Boy, uh, which is relevant to us because me and Kali are both from Indiana. Yeah, what's he in? Everything. You've got mail, Little Miss Sunshine, Stuck on You, famously. My dreams. (laughs) Also produced by Lonely Island, with also Andy Samberg having a cameo, and Yorma uh, directed the Hockey High segment in this. That is right. There we go. 
Kali, tell us the critic scores. I got well, looking at Greg Kinnear's Wikipedia page, but the cricket scores <laughs> are uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. We got an 82%. Mm-hmm, very nice. Is this certified fresh? Yeah, certified. Metacritic, 67%. Boo! And <laughs> Metacritic, historically wrong. Google users are sweet babies. Uh, our seat wildcard, 88%. All Tell right. right. That's more <laughs> like it. As always, fuck you, Metacritic. <laughs> All right. So we should watch the trailer and then we can get into it. There are other people out there just like us, right? Look at the grazer bucks, James. They're out there every night. The difference is we have dreams and imaginations to help us escape. But no one can take that away from you. Ever. There's something I need to tell you. Everything's very big. It's really very big. The reason you're here, the reason I'm here, is all just then help you. Everyone says they're trying to help me, but nobody can find me in the new episode of Brigsby. There wasn't a new episode this week. This is about moving on with the rest of your life. Try to imagine a hero. Just be normal, all right? Uh. Hi, I'm James. I really like your clothes. (laughs) He's not on the bad side. He's on the good side. Yes! You, Rigsby Bear, our keeper of the light. Have you ever been with a girl? And you really want to do this with me? Yeah, man, I mean, there's not a lot of stuff like this out there. You're my friend. Okay, one, two, three. <laughs> Do we just start with the story or what? Let's start with the, f- yeah, it's just a good story. It is a good this story. So fucking good. Mm-hmm. Let's just go through it. Well, I guess we could say this movie was co-written by Kyle Mooney and Kevin Costello and then directed by Dave McCary and the three of them went to middle school together. So they're, they're old Long-time friends, and... All right. What? Pick your two middle school friends. I... Would you direct a (laughs) film with them? I don't talk to anybody I went to school with at all. (laughs) I know, but imagine if just like, bloop. Some people do, though. You just have to do it. Some people keep in touch like that, and uh, I don't know about the... Ryan, what do you... Do you have friends from middle school? Uh, Not currently, but I did make... (laughs) Uh, short films in middle school, so I oh, did yeah? have help because I was no good at it. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, t- yeah I, I probably have like three or four people that I would uh, trust to direct a movie for me. Yeah, or not, not for okay. me, but with me. Right now, you'd call them up. Yeah, if I knew what their numbers were and they weren't blocking me. Yeah, sure. Call oh it. shit. <laughs> yo, I would definitely. Yo, Brent and Jay, I'm calling you out. We used to make films in middle school, and we could make a good one today. Because... Wait, you did too? Yo, absolutely. Yo, Will, yo, We Joey. did ours for, like, project. Project. Wow. I made one video in my entire life, and that was in high school. Junior year, I think. 
but it was incredible. <laughs> Wish I had it. Was it? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. We did, like, my teacher did a, um, like, a fake Oscars or whatever and awarded, like, best oh, okay. soundtrack and best actor and, like, whatever kind of stuff. And my video won almost every single award. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. I can't That's believe the flexing It's on true. That. It just happens to be true. But I spent a very long Damn. time on it. <laughs> In seventh grade, I made mm-hmm. a feature-length parody of the Blair Witch Project called the ah! Backyard Witch Project that I shot. You're, ne- you're never going to guess where I shot it. Front yard? <laughs> In my backyard. Could have been funny if you said the front yard. It did not win a single fake Oscar, and I am very upset about it, even today. They're rigged anyways. It's have all it? who you know. Yes, I do. It's, it's on a VHS tape in my spare room at this moment. And I want to digitize it, but I don't have a... a VCR that plugs into my computer anymore. There's probably a place you can send it to. Probably. Uh, I want to see But also, that I think like maybe like watching it will be like The Ring, where <laughs> I will have unleashed some unholy <laughs> evil by watching it again. And then you'll die. <laughs> yeah, and some little girl's gonna crawl out of my television, and it's, ugh. you know, you never get them out of the carpet when that comes out. <laughs> so true. <laughs> So this movie is set in Utah, and we have this man, who we later find out is 25, living with his parents in the basement. I like how at first Mm -hmm. in this movie that they kind of very delicately, like little by little, let little clues slip on kind of what's going on with his world. Almost like little baby plot twists. It's what I like to call a twist beginning. It's it's building a world that is mm-hmm. it's like the very first scene. You're not supposed to think that anything is wrong, and then as yeah. each scene keeps going, it becomes more unsettling. And yeah. then when it finally kind of explodes, then you're kind of like, oh, now the rest of the movie can really begin. Yeah, because even once it finally establishes the crazy world that they're in, you're like, oh, okay, we're in this crazy world. And then they're like, JK, it's normal world. <laughs> like, I don't know. Did did either of you ever watch Lost? Uh, yeah. Three seasons of it. The, it reminds me of The Hatch at the very beginning. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. I was thinking about, so we just covered this movie Tower, that the beginning of this movie kind of, for me, had some similarities with Tower. Kali, would you agree? Just with like uh, this older man living in his parents' basement, yeah. being super obsessed with like absolute nerd shit. Yeah, just like kind of an infantilized man. Yeah. Like a little baby man. Yeah. Kyle Mooney in this, essentially an enormous 12-year-old. Sure. <laughs> At the beginning, we find he's a massive collector of these VHS tapes of this cartoon, Brigsby Bear. And uh, he's making video recaps on... Maybe like the first laptop that ever existed. Um. Yeah. The point being, James is obsessed with Brigsby. Yeah. Got the bed sheets, the got the posters, <laughs> he's got everything. Mm-hmm. Maybe thousands of VHSs around his room. Like, yeah. so many. Yeah. Um, he a freak. Yeah, he's a total freak about it and has a whole scene of him like nerding out to his parents about what Brigsby could do next. <laughs> he's giving a PowerPoint <laughs> on it, which Loved that. is really cute. Yeah. I remember as a as a kid, you know, like I was like, "Hey, mom and dad, I want to tell you about SpongeBob, and you won't listen to me when I talk. Sure. So we're gonna sit down and have a meeting about it because <laughs> they were always in meetings, and I thought if I call a meeting, they have to listen to me. Now it's never said in the show, but Bikini Bottom is actually like thirty feet underwater, but it's also like it's it has to be near the equator. 
Yeah. The thing is, I was quite dumb, so it was just like, this is SpongeBob, and he lives next door to Squidward, and Squidward lives next to Patrick, and they're all kind of friends. And he has a snail and a snail meows. Yeah, yeah, it's just listing facts about it. Ryan, did you have a thing? Uh, I don't know if that I had one specific thing, but Uh. I mean, I've kind of like, you know, being on the spectrum, it always comes with these very... Uh, specific obsessions that are just like like collecting for instance that's the one part yeah. that i really think that they got like perfectly even if that's not exactly what they were going for but that by seeing that his bedroom is literally there's not a single square inch that isn't covered in brigsby's face yeah that is the ocd collector that is i have to i have to have everything i have to be the completest that is basically every obsession that I think I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. You're a completionist. Completist. Yep. Yeah. I... That's stressful to me. <laughs> it's stressful to me too. Yeah. That's that's a lot. That's a lot to put on yourself. Yeah. Interesting. So we find out that they live fully underground. Because at first I think I was just like, oh, he lives in his parents' basement. But then it's like, no, the whole entire house is actually underground. More people should live underground, I think. Beneath what sure. looks like a biosphere, too. Yeah, like a little geodesic dome type thing. Yeah, I would not mind living there. No. Pretty cool. I've, I've looked into living inside of a geodesic dome before. <laughs> what was rent? They're pretty cheap to make, and they're very, like, it's one of the most sturdy structures that there are. Oh. But you just have to, like, do it. And the only thing is that sometimes they can get leaks. It's hard to get them to not have leaks seems to be the big trouble. Is that interesting? <laughs> I don't want to cutting this one off. <laughs> so we also kind of learn next little mini baby plot twist. Something's going on outside. They can't go outside. When we see the dad go outside, he has to wear a gas mask. A gas mask. One singular it's gas like mask. It's like now, am I right? Yeah. hey <laughs> Have you heard of this COVID thing? So, but Kyle sneaks out of the house one time and... That happens to be the same night, exact moment, that a million cops, soldiers as he calls them, come flying down the road to get him and take him away. Like, fucking imagine how nutso that is. Yeah. From his perspective. The more and more you find out about him, yeah. Because at a minimum, he's what? 26 years old? He is 25. They say it one time in the movie, but they don't say it till the end. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's 25. So like, well, he was being carted away by this cop in like in like a safety blanket or whatever Uh, what the fuck yeah his entire world collapses yeah everything that he knows is now done yeah and for all he knows they're tackling his parents and like putting them under arrest and that is and then take him away and put him in a police car yeah and not only that they he doesn't have a mask on so he has no idea if he breathes like, what's going to happen to him? It is possibly the most traumatic thing that could happen to a person. Yeah, and they do very little to explain what's going on to him. And he's never no. been outside. He's grown up with a fear of going outside. He's 25 and has never been outside. So to just be, like, violently thrown out of his world like that, big drama. It's fucking nuts. I think one of the best moments is him being in the car and asking why nobody else has a gas mask on. And the mm-hmm. cop yeah. instead just lowers his his window and he starts, yeah. he first tries to hold his breath and then slowly through his nose breathes in the fact that there's no gas. And he's not going to get scancer. Yeah. <laughs> scancer disease. <laughs> so good. Holy shit. 
they do those little wordplay things a couple times in the movie, and it was a yeah. delight every time. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like the the Brigsby Bear universe is is slightly off by like maybe two letters in every single case. It's something that resembles yeah. reality. Yeah. But you add yeah. like maybe a C, or an, and yeah. it's like okay, well there we go. That's that's the new word. Yeah. Scansi, uh, the Beatlers. <laughs> <laughs> so after violently taking him out of his home, they throw him into an interrogation that is just so intense. And I don't know, you would just think like he is the victim in his scenario, right? So what we find out is that when he was abducted as a baby and the people whom he has thought were his parents are not his parents. They are child abductors. Mm-hmm. So he's like the victim here, and they've just thrown him into this interrogation, not told him anything. It just seems so Look. like, can they not be a little more gentle with the boy? And when the cop comes in, he, the, I think the first thing he asks is, what did I do wrong? Yeah. So he still mm-hmm. thinks that this is his fault. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you? Like, your parents are the good guys. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're taking your parents away, and they're taking you away. So you must not, you must be a bad guy mm-hmm. these must be bad guys or something like he has no idea what's going on mm-hmm. he doesn't does he know what cops are does he know what in you know like t- this kind of material is that he's sitting on or the the smells he's smelling like he, he's having sensory overload and right. when he gets a coca-cola for the first time he has no idea what that is mm-hmm. not even I mean, yeah possibly like in american culture i think even zygotes know what coca-cola is so he's that far removed. Yeah, we make sure of that. <laughs> they did big Coca-Cola product placement. On this one. You got to get those dollar dollar bills, you know? <laughs> Pepsi wasn't paying enough. You know, got to go with Coke. <laughs> so his new, his new parents slash his original birth parents uh, come to pick him up from the police station and take him to his new house. I wrote that putting him back with bio parents is a weird and stupid idea. But I tell sure. you what. I don't really have a better idea, so <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do with him. Yeah. What do you do with someone like this? This is such a specific fucking... I guess family would be the ideal scenario, but it is I also so, like, yeah. these are strangers to him, you know? He doesn't know them. Yeah. And it can't be easy for them either because... Oh my God, they, they don't know They him. have no idea. They, they can't process the fact that they knew their child when he was a baby and that's it. And for 25 Mm -hmm. years, this person that he is, he can't resemble anything that he would have been under their care. No, not a bit. Maybe like a halfway house or something? I don't know. A group home for adults? I have to think it would probably be like a psychiatric facility Yeah. if it was actually a a real thing. Because there should be more time spent with like therapy, unlearning, dismantling the things that he was, the misinformation he was given. Mm-hmm, yeah, deprogramming. There you go. Mm-hmm. They don't really do that at all. <laughs> nah, I mean, like I said, like I don't have a, I wouldn't handle it much better. Like Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Yeah, just I guess go back to the parents because, like, legally, I guess this person would have the ability to make informed consensual decisions. But like, what w- is he in a state of distress that's not being addressed? Like, it's fucking. He handles it remarkably well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does get arrested, like, seven times. (laughs) Yo, fucking pigs, though, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Pigs always on our back, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I did like their house, though. I thought it was decorated pretty funny when they opened the door to his bedroom. It's so, like, what my grandma's house would look like, you know? (laughs) The art on the wall and everything. Legally a bedroom. (laughs) Yeah, 
not legally a bedroom. There you go. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, it's a bedroom in 34 states. Yeah. <laughs> so like the parents are really trying to bond with him, but they're being so overwhelming. But they do know that he likes watching yeah. TV. So one of the first things that they do is go to a movie. Okay, jealous, but... Um, ah, the good old days. Yeah, I know, TBT. The fake movie that they watch, Hockey High, was very funny. <laughs> I did like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically the Mighty Ducks, as far as I can tell, even though we only see like a minute of it. But it seems like oh, it's man. the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, and they got uh, Tim Heidecker I'd in there. i kill for... They got Yorma directing Yeah, I'd that. kill for the Mighty Ducks remake with Tim Heidecker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be really Come great. Come on, Disney Plus. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cast a real fucking weirdo in it. <laughs> I did really like how they chose, how and what they chose specifically to have his character react to. Because like mm-hmm. when he's coming out of this scenario where he's lived his entire life in this bunker, they could have been like, okay, he's never seen a tree. He's never seen grass, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. whatever. And you could go very minute with it. Yeah. But it would have been like pretty over the top and probably mm-hmm. distracted from the actual story or his like emotional journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's an alternate universe where this is a Netflix miniseries. Sure. Like, this could <laughs> easily play out that way. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. This so was. I do think it's interesting throughout the movie to pay attention to the specific things that they have him be like, whoa, this thing. So like movies being one of those things made sense. But I also just think paying attention to those choices was cool. Absolutely. Yeah. It's something that's it's it seems like it's just kind of like an episodic thing where it's like, OK, well, now he's with the family. So the family has, has to go do something as a unit. And it's like, OK, we'll just see a movie. But really it actually serves both kind of his character going forward in terms of his arc and also Mm -hmm. serves as a moment of kind of unlocking the filmmaker within him and realizing, oh, I can do something. I can make something like this. Totally. And even though it's completely banal and uh, very Mighty Duxy, anything to kind of kick off that inspiration is kind of what matters. Totally. Sure. After they go to the movies is, I think, their first time with the therapist who I don't feel is a great therapist. (laughs) No, she's not. So he won't shut up about Brigsby Bear, right? He's obsessed. And she's just kind of like, so your old dad made Brigsby Bear. And it's just kind of like, well, your old dad was insane. So like, get over it. You know, (laughs) like basically. Yeah, uh, wrong. It's that's like the wrong way to handle it. There's a common refrain in like social work environments that you meet people where they are. Mm -hmm. And like, that's, the base so if like if you're talking to a client and they are just talking to you about fucking uh paw patrol (laughs) then like you have to find a way to make paw patrol relate to something pertinent and of course like brigsby bear is incredibly fucking pertinent to like his mental health yeah she's a terrible therapist which i feel like People can relate. I feel like most people have had an experience with a bad therapist. Oh, yeah. She's uh, she's an illusion crasher. She looks at basically yeah. the one thing that's basically keeping his psyche together as a psychologist and saying, no, that's nothing. Yeah. No, you're just, you're obsessing over the wrong things. Sorry. Totally, totally. <laughs> the things you like are dumb and bad. Yeah. Anyway, find things yeah. that are good that don't suck. 
And he keeps <laughs> calling his abductor his old dad, which I think is one of my favorite things in the film. Yeah. Because he does it up until, like, the yeah. end of the movie. My dad. Yeah. My old dad. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So funny. Again, the line reads are just... Yeah. Mwah, There's a couple times where he pops out these little lines like that or in reference to his abduction and stuff. I've written a couple of them down throughout that mm-hmm. are just so funny. His delivery is so funny. <laughs> like maybe he should get his bear parents out of bear jail because really they didn't do anything wrong. And I just think that we need to understand that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after therapy or during therapy is when he has the discussion with his dad, his new dad, <laughs> about can anyone make a movie? Who made the movie that we saw earlier? Do lots mm-hmm. of people make movies? And so this is where the idea for him to make a Brigsby movie starts really formulating. We see him Google how to make a movie show, question mark. <laughs> I love the Googles throughout the movie. <laughs> oh, the Googles are incredible. How can I learn cool fight moves? Thank you. I believe it's yeah. one of them. <laughs> Thanking the search engine. Oh, it's adorable. <laughs> I know, it's very cute. Yeah, so he gets like a bunch of books on storyboarding and really gets down Mm -hmm. to it. I I just had like this quote from the filmmakers that I thought was good, just how they approach this, that the most interesting thing to them was never the kidnapping or the abuse or like how deep the evil of man kind of stuff. But instead, what if the only story you'd ever been told never had an ending? How badly would you want to finish it? I think that's kind of a cool way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, so he becomes now obsessed with making this movie. Essentially the series finale to this ongoing saga. This is really where I saw a massive theme played out throughout the entire movie, which is how beautiful resiliency can look in people. Mm -hmm. When people are pushed into like very fucking tough times, they all react in different ways and they all have to grab different things to cope for. And so... For him to, like, turn to, uh, which Ryan alluded to earlier, like, the only beauty he could find in that trauma, Brigsby Bear, he turns to this one thing, the only thing that feels like home, but he also knows he can carry into this new world because he can't take anything else. Nothing else uh, applies out here. And he's also, he's taking something that was used to basically subjugate him and kind of like totally. turning it into something that can actually give joy to the world. And mm-hmm. kind of basically it's his way of breaking down the wall that is basically between him and between the rest of the world. And by being able to make this movie with collaborators who then become friends, he's systematically taking that wall down piece by piece throughout the course of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this movie rules. <laughs> and all he ever wanted was to connect with people like when he was making his little recap videos in the bunker or whatever mm-hmm. he says at some point in that part like oh it's so cool that like i'm talking to other people around the world and they've seen this thing and we're all talking about it together because we're all watching it together yeah even though later we find out that the people he was talking to are actually just his parents <laughs> And oddly, he's talking to all these fake people, and he has favorites out of them. I like Brigsby person one, but I don't like Brigsby person three. It's like, well, they're all the same guy, but okay, sure. Yeah, it was pretty funny, the the screen name reveals. It was something like Brigsby guy one, Brigsby guy two, Brigsby guy three, and then Brigsby girl. Yeah. (laughs) 
pretty good. So then we go to the party and we meet the guy from Alita Battle Angel. He has another oh line delivery there too. <laughs> He's just met this guy from Alita Battle Angel. What is yeah. he? He says like, my parents stole me when I was a baby, but I still think they're pretty cool. This <laughs> <laughs> line reads in the party. I was dying laughing this morning. And isn't that that, that isn't that a response to how are you? Yeah, like that's <laughs> like it, there's also one point where uh, his sister asks, "Well, what's wrong with you?" And he says, "Well, I was abducted as a child." It's like, well, that's not what I'm asking you. But... <laughs> He says, well, I was abducted, and I feel like that has something to do with yeah, it. Exa- yeah, there you go. I feel like that might explain I wrote that it. one down, too. Like, <laughs> what's so cool about him, though, is that he really tries to flourish. I think it'd be really easy to imagine mm-hmm. someone like this completely curling up in a corner because they're terrified of everything that is, like, are these high schoolers or, or college kids? I think they're high schoolers. Yeah. So he's at a, oh, my God, a high school, even worse. Uh, Jesus fucking Christ. Yes, I, I would have curled up in a, in a fit of just anxiety, but he's trying. He's saying yes to everything, which gets him into some hijinks <laughs> that I loved. Some some wacky misadventures. Oh my God. I, it just could have been a montage of these things, and I still would have been, like, amazing. <laughs> just outstanding. Yeah. And there are shenanigans. <laughs> But he's still, like, at this party, desperately trying to connect with people and just having, like, a really open spirit about it, which is cute. Mm -hmm. Standing in a circle just telling everyone about Brigsby Bear. (laughs) And they're listening. He's doing great. Yeah. And he's getting so deep on the lore. (laughs) It kind of, like, the the reaction that he gets kind of speaks to kind of the optimism of the overall film. And Mm -hmm. that no one's there to make Mm -hmm. him feel bad about himself or to feel bad about his life. Like, Mm -hmm. there are some kids that are clearly, when he's, you know, trying to talk to them, that are clearly had that expression on their face, like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? But never in an overtly mean way, just kind of, like, humoring him. Yeah, like, uh, (laughs) knowing too much about shit nobody cares about can't relate. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea what that's about. No clue. The thing is, at, like, in my social circles, I'm known as that freak, but then... I talk to, uh, I do this podcast with Kayla, and I'm like, <laughs> I know nothing. I just know names. I don't know deets. I don't feel like I know deets until I start talking to somebody else, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> there they are. <laughs> I, I know too much, actually. <laughs> it's embarrassing <laughs> to be alive. No, it's, it's good, because, like, what I, what ultimately, like, what I read from mm-hmm. this, like, when they were entranced by him going on about Brigsby, I was like, you know what? I do remember being at parties and just enjoying listening to people talk about like, and maybe this is just like be- you being... started this podcast with me, so <laughs> you have to enjoy it on some level. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I remember there is this fucking college party. I vividly remember college collie. Here he comes. College collie. He sucked, <laughs> but he's like listening to two dudes argue whether. Tom Morello or the guitarist from Fish is better. And I was I was so happy. Well, Tom Morello, obviously. Are, so are we not having that conversation? Right? <laughs> yeah. That's what I was like. Yes, yeah, Tom Morello. Have you heard his wiki was? And these like, fish guys like, no, but like uh pentatonic scales or some bullshit that no one cares about. Well, gorilla radio, dude? Come on, dude. But I was I loved it. I love hearing you love hearing people get passionate about stuff and like be experts that's pretty cool yeah 
That's how I read it. Yeah. So also in this scene, they do drug. Is this Molly? (laughs) Yeah, baby. Yeah, I thought it was like ecstasy. We stay be watching movies where they do Molly casually. It's got to be like our ninth movie where this is come up. (laughs) We're listening. We're we're living in a post 2011 world. (laughs) Molly hit. It hit hard. I don't know. I still don't know if it's that common. Ryan, what do you think? (laughs) Well, I can't back up that this is post 2011. I think. <laughs> yeah. Remember when you like first heard about Molly in like 2011? I'm on it right now. You know, you gotta get, you gotta get. Oh, right. okay. I think a podcast would be a terrible. Molly would be terrible. Wait, have podcast. you done? No, I've never done Molly. But it's, I didn't you want to so. like, it's very tactile, and you're excited, and you want to like move and dance and touch things, and mm. so to like sit and talk would be excruciating. Sit and talk online with no people in sight. Just to a microphone? (laughs) I can't imagine. Yeah. Boring. Boring. (laughs) Like that. So speaking of wanting to do touching. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) First off, he does not initiate. This is not a crime. (laughs) If the minor initiates, it's not a crime. As the resident That's law boy. That's stance. That is true. And he seems to be oblivious to it until the moment where he's not. <laughs> okay. All right. Kali, tell us what happens in this scene. Okay. So, like, I'm so <laughs> bummed you guys told me it was a high school party because I was like, oh, they look well, like college age. If we're being fair, I guess they don't ever say, do they? They no, don't. They don't. It's not ever explicitly said. But, but the sister many times says, like, you're old and stuff. So, like, I feel like she wouldn't say that if she was in college. The friend from Alita Battle Angel, mm-hmm. he says something about wanting to go to school for film, I think, at yeah. one point. Mm. Yeah, he does. I, I'm pretty sure he's in high school. But also, there could be college kids at the party. Like, it, it's, it's not nec- not necessarily just a high school party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. High school parties never are. <laughs> I will say, okay, the legality doesn't matter. Never a minor. We'll just all it's a it's a movie. It doesn't fucking matter. She's eighteen. Kali's <laughs> sweating. <laughs> I don't want to say anything wrong. I know that's why I made you tell what happens in this scene. <laughs> so, a, a, an eighteen-year-old legal woman. Walks him into a bedroom and she's like, Sits him on a car bed. (laughs) You look like the guy from SNL and is like toying with his hair and like he's very oblivious and sweet about it. And then she like gives him a little, I don't even know if it was a hand job as much as as it was like a. It was the beginnings of one. Yes. It would have developed into a hand job, but uh, bingo. It maybe maybe wasn't even under the clothes fully. Yeah, it might have been like rubbing through the underwear or something. Oh, there's Uh a yeah, yeah. That's uh, but there is hands in the pants. That is yeah. And my man, absolutely, like holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you, thank you for doing that. Thank thank you. you. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Hands up in the air. (laughs) Oh god, the hands. That's what it was. Yes, he's just like not touching. Is like. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh. <laughs> so fucking good. He doesn't finish, I don't think, wink, but he does get nervous and... Runs. Like, ah, I gotta go now. And then he, ha- he like hallucinates and passes out. Yeah. Yeah. And when he wakes up, he's in... He's in the <laughs> the Alita Battle Angel guy's bedroom. <laughs> Is that what I'm going to call him for forever? Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> That's what his resume says. I don't know why he shouldn't. Look, 
off the top of your head, could you tell me this character's name? No, no way, Jose. Right. <laughs> Uh, the the guy who was in two Spider-Man movies? Oh, Is that his God. name? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. So... Batman is working on an animation on his computer, which again, reminiscent of Tower. Yeah. So that's when James like realizes that he knows a guy who knows something about making movies, right? So they're going to be pals. And that man borrows his Brigsby tapes to try and get into them too. How fucking, like, I, I never even thought another shoe was going to drop with this. Like, because I totally bought that this guy from <laughs> Alita Battle Angel was so genuine in wanting to know. Yeah. Like, he's a lore freak. What a nice man. Yeah. And it r- reminds me of, like, bonding with someone you think is cool about something you love. Yeah. It's just the coolest. And I, I love specifically that he sh- he actually develops an interest in the show to the yeah. point that it's not, the di- the dynamic is not James has the vision and then this is the guy who's, you know, begrudgingly there to help out. Yeah, right. yeah. He's like, he's talking about character arcs and like he uploads it to YouTube and people start yeah. sharing it. And it's it, it's cool that it's uh, it's not seen as this like pathetic thing. It's this kind of shared interest that they now have. Yeah, he gets super into it. And like that first time when they get to sit down and pop off about the thing that that James has thus far in his life pretty much been on a solo journey with Mm -hmm. and now finally has found someone to engage with all this useless knowledge that he has and instead of talking to fake people about it he's talking to real people about it yeah and they actually share that kind of passion yeah and he almost doesn't like believe it and he's just like so incredulous about it but it's such a joyful moment I really liked that yeah. So the two of them are going to make this movie together. And James goes to back to the detectives to try and get some of the Brigsby God. stuff back yeah. Yeah. to to be able to make this Brigsby movie. Um and really works it on the old uh detective. <laughs> Is this where he finds out that he's a he's an actor or gave up being an acting to be a cop? Yeah. And tries to bribe him with like a dollar yeah. and some change. This is a a bit in a couple (laughs) movies, and I think it's the funniest bit in the world every time. Trying to bribe people with no money? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and he, like, pours the change down. The cop's like, no. And then he scoops it all back in, and he just goes, I'm not mad, just a little more rich. I loved that line. (laughs) Was so good. (laughs) It reminds me of, I don't remember what movie it's from, or maybe a TV show, but somebody trying to bribe somebody with a dollar bill and saying, now, uh, what do you think uh, my my pal Mr. Washington would say? Night in the Roxbury, yeah. Yeah. And then... And then like, ah, oh, no, no way. And then sliding on another dollar bill. What about another Mr. Washington? Yeah. What about his friend, <laughs> Mr. Washington? <laughs> oh. yeah. It's a great bit. It's a classic. People obliviously trying to bribe other people is possibly the greatest thing in yeah. any film. That's yeah. so Hell funny. Yeah. So he really works that this detective used to be an actor and like, oh, well, why'd you give up your dreams? Like, are you a coward? Basically. He doesn't say that, but like, you know, basically. um, Just wish he would. uh, Yeah. (laughs) That seems to work on the cop a little bit because he ends up sneaking a bunch of this Brigsby stuff out of evidence and bringing it to James. And kind of becomes an ally in that process. 
Yeah, absolutely. After that is when James and Alita Battle Angel guy and Mm -hmm. some other people are going on a camping trip so that they can film some scenes in the wilderness. So this is when him and his sister are finally starting to bond. Yeah. And we get the scene where him and the girl who he previously kissed and had some touchy feelies with, he has to take her aside and say, I don't think I can marry you. Hilarious bit. <laughs> and she letting him kind of off and like, yeah, I wasn't really planning on getting married. And, and yeah. like not defeating him and not saying like, you're stupid. Why would I, why would I do that? But just like kind of humoring him. It is great how nobody makes fun of him this entire, like, this entire movie, they're all so, like, understanding of where he's come from and that he just kind of doesn't really know things or, like, yeah. what's normal or whatever. That that might be my favorite thing in the film, is that it's not, uh, typically, whenever you have kind of uh, neurotypical, or neuro-untypical, I guess, characters. Uh, neurodivergent. It's always, yeah, neurodivergent, there you go. Uh, that's mm-hmm. an actual word, uh, unlike what I said. And... <laughs> There's always a moment in all of these movies, and I hate it, where uh, someone calls the character a retard or something yeah. to that effect. And it's always yeah, the moment yeah. where they hit rock bottom, and it always has to be them being insulted. And I love the fact that they never go that route in this film. Mm-hmm. I agree. They're all just, everybody's so sweet to him. And uh, sure, I really love that. They're very gentle and precious. Look, I'm not trying to be like, oh, the world's not all peaches and cream, sweetheart. But like, <laughs> there are a lot of nice people out there. And I like the way that everyone's sweet to him does not come across as like, oh, this must be his dreams because no, the real world isn't this nice. It's like, no, like the therapist is well-meaning, but sucks. Mm-hmm. The parents are well-meaning, but, but stumble. Like, <laughs> yeah, like everyone's who's interacting with him is pretty well-meaning, but he comes from a different place. So there is an adjustment process Yeah, with anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So while they're out here in the wilderness is when he sets off the bomb <laughs> for their movie. Outstanding. After uh, Googling, how do I make cool explosions? Yeah. <laughs> which makes me wonder what site he went to that Google is recommending <laughs> and where can I find it? <laughs> And had his mom take him to like Lowe's or whatever. And was like, <laughs> I need this for my gardening, mom. <laughs> yeah, he, he says the way he says it. He might as well be like uh, tapping the tips of his fingers together. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> or it, it would be like if he went to a hardware store and was getting like axes and like testing it mm-hmm. against like other people in the store. Be like, huh, <laughs> oh, this is really good. Uh, the handle. It's, uh, yeah. I like the, yeah, that that was it. No, it doesn't get the weight. Okay. Yeah, so all that was incredible. And him saying that he was really into using practical effects because practical effects are a dying art form. I love that. Because, uh, and he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And I also love yeah. practical effects. Yeah, more blood squibs in movies. But the cops come on account of bombs. Yo, fuck the 12. <laughs> on account yeah. of uh, domestic terrorism. Yeah. <laughs> So he's oh, arrested man. again. <laughs> you guys ever been around during an explosion? Well, you know, the building across the street from me exploded a few weeks ago. <laughs> I don't think I knew this. I think this slipped through the cracks. No, remember because the alarm was going off while we were recording platform. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But half the building is on the ground now. Like, it did explode. <laughs> Damn. I once threw a can of Axe body spray into a bonfire. Mm. I tell you, that, that sucker went high. Yeah. <laughs> What about you, Ryan? Any explosion stories? 
yeah, well, I visited uh, Universal Studios a few times, and <laughs> they they love explosions over there. But in terms oh, of like yeah? accidental explosions, nah, no, nah, I don't have anything cool. <laughs> I mean, oh, I spent uh, summers in Mississippi where there are no legalities around fireworks or no. things like that. So um, there shouldn't be a lot of that type of stuff. <laughs> There's got to be more fire stories. I don't know. That's what well, I'm coming. Well, you don't have to I, expound I, upon them. I'm uh, prohibited from my lawyer from talking about them. Oh. <laughs> okay. Let's just say that uh, I, I owe the government a lot of money. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, who among us? <laughs> So when he gets back home, I mean, the parents are still trying to connect with him. The basketball scene, pretty funny. Yeah. And the dad is having the hardest time connecting with him. Yes. Like very the sister hard was the hardest at first, but then she kind of became his buddy. And the mom is putting on a good face. But mm-hmm. the yep. dad, Matt Walsh is so good in this movie. And he's, yes, it seems like he's doing very little, but I think that's, precisely where he works because he's underplaying his frustration and mm-hmm. he's a great incompetent yes yes yeah. absolutely he's great <laughs> he's, he's the perfect boob he's such a yeah. good boob we love a good boob on this pod <laughs> the only thing that he wants to engage about is brigsby bear right or is making his movie and his dad mm-hmm. is trying to stop him from engaging with brigsby bear or the movie stupid yeah and instead trying to make him do shit he doesn't want to do. Classic parents. And trying to kind of like make up for all the time that he wasn't able to parent him by starting to parent him in his 20s, which is always going to go well. Yeah. Usually. (laughs) At some point, he drives back to his old house to just kind of look at things and finds the actor who played the twin sisters. Uh, Caitlin Scheel. She was in uh, She Dies Tomorrow. Mm, I haven't seen it yet. So Mm -hmm. good. It's been on my list. But yeah, he just is trying to convince her to be in his movie, basically. And telling mm-hmm. her that he's been in love with in her love ever with since her. he was a kid. <laughs> and then the cops show up and he says, I've been an outlaw ever since I came into this world. <laughs> no tackling, please. I love that. <laughs> so he's arrested again. And this time they end up committing him to a mental hospital where we find Andy Samberg. Yeah, who I thought was blind for... His first two scenes. <laughs> yeah. He does kind of play you know, with the ice cream in that scene. He does really play like he's blind. <laughs> <laughs> he just hand because he never makes eye contact. Yeah. He never looks at him. He just hands it and to him. And he's kind of stumbling had- too when he's handing him the ice cream. He's kind of like, wait, where is he? Where? Over there? Okay, there he is. And he had like sunglasses that he wore too, right? Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that's, we all know that that's shorthand for blind in movies, if they're wearing sunglasses. That's always the key. If you're wearing s- inside. It's, it's called the Ray Charles <laughs> Clause. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so when he's, I mean, by the time he's locked up, completely miserable, not able to engage with anything that he loves, also doesn't understand the world that he's in still. I'm kind of like, how is this better than where he was before? You know? Yeah. He's miserable here and he was at least happy in his basement with his brigsby bear tapes it is the state's response to anything they don't understand or care to bingo yeah Yeah. it is it's definitely the the most downtrodden section of the movie Mm -hmm. like it 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 actually feels in that moment hopeless in a way that kind of it didn't even when he was kidnapped it didn't feel that way right yeah right but he's not there for too long because he does break out. The stuff he packs to take with him, pretty funny. <laughs> he like throws a bunch of like straws and a pair of socks 
in a rolled up sheet. <laughs> the essentials. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get that bindle. Gotta get that bindle for the road. Just pretty funny. And th- what do they throw a TV through the window? And yes. he just leaves. <laughs> Nobody notices. Yeah, he's like, what's... <laughs> Okay, that was the one part where I was like, come on. Like, But it leads to a great moment, which when he gets back home and the mom asks, what did you do? I threw a TV out the window. And Greg Kinnear says, well, am I still in your movie? It's like, yeah. Well, then I didn't see anything. Yeah. Which is such yeah. a good, oh, God. I love Greg Kinnear in this movie so much. The parents are cool about it. They're like, we'll get a call. We'll handle it. Yeah. Because something else is going on. They're making the movie set in the garage when he goes home. I cried. They're finally accepting what he wants to do because while he was gone, somebody gave them the tape of what he had done already uh, as far as Mm -hmm. making this movie. And I think they were able to finally kind of get it and like see the joy that it brought him and realize, oh, all we've been doing is stopping him from having this joy and maybe we should not do that <laughs> and, and be cool this instead. person that was having so much trouble engaging completely engaged and mm-hmm. thriving yeah. in that element like he was he, he's living basically for the real first time since he was taken out yeah and like making friends yeah it's it's great yeah it's just beautiful and the dad even says like we're your family and we love you for who you are and we know that brigsby is a part of that so we love all of that and they're gonna help they finally got there yeah Yeah. slow but steady so yeah that was a very sweet scene and after that is when his new dad takes him to jail to visit his old dad it's really well done Everything in this movie is very well done. But yes, this scene is handled incredibly well. (laughs) Yeah, because what he wants from his old dad is not even an explanation. He wants him to do ADR (laughs) from jail. Oh, man. (laughs) And uh, Mark Hamill's character specifically thinks that he's there to reconnect. And Mm -hmm. what I love is the moment where he's really kind of pouring his guts out and even blames his wife for having kidnapped him. Yeah. And all this stuff really throwing her under the bus, even though she can't defend herself. And he literally has that moment where like, oh, I don't really care. I'm not really here for that. And then pulls out the binder with the with the script in it, which I yeah. think is probably Kyle Mooney's <laughs> best moment in the entire film. <laughs> and then just sits there and yeah. has his old dad read all the lines in the Brigsby Bear voice. Which must have been the moment that Mark Hamill was like, this is why I'm doing this movie. I get to do voices. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he was like, he was pretty much sought out and cast because of his voice acting abilities. So what I heard is that they saw him do an interview where he transitioned from answering a question and talking like the Joker from Batman the Animated Series. And that was the moment where they realized that he had to play the the, uh, kidnapper. Yeah. I saw him also have this response in a QA and a where the cast were asked what attracted them to the project. And uh, he did talk about how much he liked the script and the originality and stuff. But then he was like, also, I actually had lines. And, you know, that's always a bonus for me, uh, which is a <laughs> reference to the fact that all of his lines were cut from uh, one of the Star Wars movies. <laughs> so uh, Mark Hamill always coming out with some crazy ass digs and shots uh, fired yeah. at J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> what I loved about this line reading scene, script reading, whatever is I, fir- I really realized there that for the rest of James's life, Mark Hamill is not going to be a bad guy, but he's always going to be this kind of gray figure. He'll vacillate yeah. forever between 
you know, I love my dad. He, you know, he is my dad. He raised me. He was there when I was a kid uh, to like, oh my God, what a fucking monster. Like he doesn't even, yeah. It's just another depiction of like, even by the end, you don't hate Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like pitiable in that moment. Like he's brought low yeah. after supposedly, you know, kind of hitting what we thought was basically his rock bottom. But then yeah. even then being gracious enough to kind of know like, well, I mean, he is my son, even if I took him. I better do this for him. Like, he means that mm-hmm. much to me, whether, you know, that's, it's pretty fucked up, but. He did a monstrous thing, but he's not a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Maybe can even be just, like, reflective of how anyone feels about their parents. <laughs> yeah. You know? Absolutely. Parents are very gray figures for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to get into <laughs> it. Please not. Please no. So, Kali. Not your uh, parents. No, no, no. It's not. <laughs> We've we, listened to other episodes. <laughs> I get into it. We've notoriously spilled beans on all of our parental situations. But oh my God. I have atrocious parents. <laughs> Kali has mostly normal parents that have some bad sides. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, we relate. <laughs> so after the jail scene, the movie's finished. That was like the last little thing they needed to do. And when we go to the movie theater, the marquee reads Brigsby movie I made with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> what a title. And I really yeah. hope that that is the official name of the movie. <laughs> it seems as if it is. <laughs> and it's sold out. So there's all these people there to see their movie and they love it. I mean, everybody loves it. Yeah. It's a standing O. Yeah. I mean, it does look amazing. I'd love to watch the film they sh- i mean we see some of it yeah but i would i wish they would have shot a full film for it and he's not in the theater when they watch it because he's getting uh sick. he's sweating yeah <laughs> yeah and he's out in the lobby mm-hmm. kind of just pacing back and forth which i can totally relate to that i don't want to watch anything i've ever done with people i don't want to know what the reaction sure. is uh it's uh, i'd rather be in the lobby yeah i don't know if i ever made a movie i'm not sure how i would feel i mean fuck like Think about the fucking music you've made. Think about like which I am embarrassed of. <laughs> well, it's you still keep you, you stay putting it out there. And whatever the music like, version of the lobby is, you've got that lobby. <laughs> when I play music, though, I have to I have to be in the room. There's not another. <laughs> I mean, I have recordings, but you know, <sighs> yeah, it's complicated. And you know, the yeah. filmmakers saw a lot of themselves in this part and in this whole story really mm-hmm. too where you know they're like we sweat when <laughs> when we put out something too yeah th- totally. we have the fear the beautiful of disappointing. thing is that you can apply it to any creative endeavor it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a movie it has to be anything that involves you opening yourself up and putting yourself out there anything mm-hmm. whatever you do that's your art whether you make chairs or you make movies or you make music that's that's your art that's your thing and kind of opening yourself up to the opportunity that it might go well, it might go poorly, but that is that is life. And it's, yeah, it's just a very vulnerable experience, or it can be. And yeah, so he, he does get a standing O. That's pretty much roll creds, right? Well, there's one last moment where hmm. he sees someone in the Brigsby costume, oh, and they, yeah. the, whoever it is nods at him, and he nods back in, uh, mm-hmm. in approval, and then... Uh, the person in the Briggsview costume types something into their wrist and then disappears like being uh, summoned to the Enterprise. <laughs> and the question is, like, 
okay, well, is that in his head? Is that is that real? What what is that? <laughs> yeah. Or is that like the the part of him that needed Brigsby going away, and now mm-hmm. he's ready to sure. enter his new uh, whatever the reality is going to be? Like, I kind of love the mm-hmm. ambiguity of that that ending. Yeah, and I think you know, even it. just like the little bits of the movie we do get to see, they talk about like, oh, we're creating a new dimension where the sun can shine, and we're on to our next adventure and stuff like that. And it does seem like he was able to use making this movie as a way to make sense of his reality um, and sort of retell his own story and in that way kind of create the ending and deal with his trauma so that he can move forward. Contextualize it. Yeah. He can finalize this Brigsby story and go on to the next chapter. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. really good. <laughs> this is a good absolutely movie, beautiful. guys. It is a good really movie. Really good movie. Dope yeah. as shit, some may say. <laughs> <laughs> and in the credits, we have the Brigsby Bear theme song, which I thought was cute. It rips. Which I would listen to for hours on end if I could find it uh, on iTunes. I don't think it's on there, but I love it. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> jam. All right, so we've rolled the creds. I, <laughs> I saw one review call this the cinematic equivalent of a hug and uh i'm inclined to agree (laughs) oh without a doubt yeah Yeah. just such a pleasant film it's a bear hug if you will (laughs) a so what are we gonna rate this out of five i think i'm gonna go with four and a half out of five Mm. i am right there with you four and a half you know what solidly all the way around four and a half This movie was just so pleasant and positive and sweet and, man, it was just what I needed. (laughs) That's just a nice, hey, this is a great morning movie. It is. If we got any morning people out there. Out of character for my normal morning movies. (laughs) As I historically watch the most devastating movies as soon as I wake up and ruin my whole day. (laughs) See, I do that like right before I fall asleep. And then I end up staying up for another four hours, which is not a great decision, but, you know. Putting on, like, come and see while climbing into bed. <laughs> oh, you know my jam. Oh, come and see. Hell yeah. I've never seen it. I, I just know of it. It's on my list. If you want to be depressed, you'll love it. That's what I've been told. <laughs> but yeah, this, and you know, I think before watching this, because I had never seen this before. Mm-hmm. I just thought it would be much sillier of a movie, just like a silly SNL guy movie. Totally. But uh, it was so much more than that. You know, it was it was not what I expected at all, but in a really great way. Yeah, I think that to call it a comedy is not necessarily an accurate representation. No, it's it's but it's not a drama, and it is funny. A dramedy. <laughs> it's a true it's dramedy. A comma. Yeah, it's a it's a comedy with drama elements. A but dramedy. Not... Yeah, I thought we called them dramedies. Oh, I know, but I just like inventing <laughs> new words is all. A comma is already a word. <laughs> but it's spelled differently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> a crama. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Hell, yeah. Uh, safe to say, would recommend. Yes. Now it's time for Screen Vomit. And this part of the show, we just go off about whatever else we've been watching, movies, shows, whatever. So, Kali, what have you been watching? So, speaking of Shrek, 
I watched <laughs> a Mike Myers underrated gem. So I married an axe murderer. It rocks. Oh wow! I love it. TBT. So fun. <laughs> There's a couple iffy parts, but otherwise, really fun. And he and that also does the fat bastard voice when he plays his own father. It's almost like he has a bit or something. <laughs> What's up with that Mike Myers? What's up with that guy? He's so wacky. Isn't the Scottish accent funny? <laughs> what if I just... Sh- what if I shout it? You know what's funny? Uh, Scotland. Oh, anything yeah. about Scotland in particular? No, just Scotland. Yeah, yeah it's funny <laughs> stuff. I tell you what, when we watched Under the Skin, which is set in Scotland, their damn accents were had had me chuckling. Yeah. <laughs> Aye. At least something gets uh, you laughing through that movie. <laughs> anyway, I watched... So, back when I worked overnights, I watched all six of the Wrong Turn films. Oh my gosh. And I hated it. I fucking hated it. I was... They broke me. I watched them, like, one... I watched... First of all, I watched them out of order, because I thought that would break me more. And uh, it did. <laughs> anyway, so I have a weird, fucked up relationship with the Wrong Turn series. Okay. And guess what? Those motherfuckers rebooted it. And uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> I feel at Whoa, peace. I really do. It was, it was fine. It was fine. Uh, wrong turns one through six, bad. Wrong turn two is okay. Oh, God, do not watch wrong turn five. That one fucking sucks. But wrong turn 2021, pretty good. <laughs> anyway, I watched Thelma and Louise for the first time. Okay. Amazing. Five stars. Yeah. So good. Fucking loved it. I watched Total Recall again because I fucking love that movie. When Verhoeven is on, he is fucking on. And then today, because I had uh, an easy work day, I was able to watch two movies and I checked out uh, Assault on Precinct 13 for the first time. John Carpenter, 1976. Uh, It's good. I like it. Looks amazing. It's one of the one of his best looking films, I think. Oh yeah. Oh, the camera work in it so fucking good. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. That's what I've been watching. All right. Hell yeah. Uh, Ryan, how about you? Well, uh, like all my fellow simple-minded comic fans, uh, as required by the congressionally mandated Marvel Studios Amendment, I've been watching WandaVision, uh, (laughs) which I think was really good until the very end, because then it just devolved into a bunch of punchy-punchy, and I don't really care about that. I care about Mm, the characters. As was mentioned at the beginning of this episode, been watching a lot of commentaries for uh, especially uh, Walt Disney Animation, like uh, Snow White, Bambi, Dumbo. There's this thing mm-hmm. that the Blu-rays have that's called Walt Story Notes, where they go back and they look at all the transcripts of the story conversations that were made throughout the history of those movies and then hired actors to reenact them as part of the commentary. And it is, it is so cool. It is absolutely amazing. That's nuts. Yeah, that's pretty wild. And then in terms of movies, uh, I watched Zappa, the uh, Alex Winter documentary about oh, Frank Zappa. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Land, one of my favorite uh, movies released last year. Hell yeah. A movie called Psycho Goreman that I absolutely adored. Mm-hmm. That I heard about that basically, one. It, if you take the yeah. gore out, it is a 90s kids movie. It's awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah was really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, On Kayla's recommendation, I watched Relaxer, which I really enjoyed. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Got him. Uh, A movie on Hulu called Seven Stages to Achieve Eternal Bliss, which has one of the best casts possibly in the last maybe 20 years that is uh, utterly offbeat and kind of really enjoyable. But uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Was that all? That's it. That's all I got. Kayla, what you up to? 
I don't feel like I have like anything exceptional to to bring in today. Well, some pretty good okay. things. Just last week, I was so on fire with like incredible content, and this week I am not as on fire. But you win some, you lose some, you know. Yeah. So. I hate to say that before saying the next thing because the next thing was actually very good, <laughs> which is uh, Whitmer Thomas's comedy special, The Golden One, uh, which is on HBO. It's been out for like a year, but I've I had yet to watch it because it is um, of the ilk of the emotionally devastating comedy specials. <laughs> so uh, it's a comedy special mainly about how uh, his mom died from being a drug addict. <laughs> So, <clears throat> relatable content, and <laughs> uh, had to watch oh, that one in a few sittings, but very well done, and I do like how he deals with his trauma and um, makes it funny, and he also, it's interspersed with, I don't know if you're familiar with the comedian Whitmer Thomas, but, like, he mm-hmm. writes songs a lot, and so he has, like, a lot of songs about the stuff, too, that are all really good and funny, so that was a very good comedy special the golden Um, one you said yes okay putting it on the list cool (laughs) it's on hbo max wit and clay also have a vimeo channel called power violence that they've made several shorts together clay also directed his comedy special so they have some cool shorts too there's one called home that i really like you see wit's Mm -hmm. butt um (laughs) uh speaking of shorts uh a good short that i watched this week is called Business by Katie Skelton. Uh, it's on our Google Doc, which you can find in our link tree at any time. It's just about a man who's going out of town and hands his business off to another man for a while he's gone. And his business is absurd and funny. And it's just a little cute, absurd, funny short. Thought it was pretty creative. So business. I watched Nowhere, which is a movie okay. from the 90s. 96 maybe so nowhere is uh an absolutely gorgeous uh super queer movie that is 90 percent teens frenching in immaculately designed sets and 10 percent aliens but the cast is like 15 people who all became major celebs like two years later <laughs> yeah it has rachel true christina applegate ryan Philippi. <laughs> It has Mina Savari, Denise Richards, Shannon Doherty, Rose McGowan. The 90s. The list goes on. It has the guy from Josie and the Pussycats, like all these people in it who all became major celebs two years after this movie. (laughs) You had me at Aliens. (laughs) I don't know if I can fully say I recommend the movie. Uh, Some of the Frenching is really intense. (laughs) Ew. It's just like the most like face- fucking frenching that you can possibly get and there is so much of it but it looks really pretty the whole time their sets are very creative and uh the queerness of it all is very interesting especially for being from the 90s uh it is so queer it's part of um i don't know if y'all are familiar with the film movement the new queer cinema which was big in the late 80s to the 90s no i haven't heard of that no um but that's classic me yeah well i mean i don't how much do you know about like film movements in general like it's kind of yeah not whatever but um so it was like a response to how queer people were treated in the 
80s during the AIDS crisis, um, all these indie filmmakers started making these movies that were like low budget, but really surreal, you know, kind of disdainful type of film to separate themselves from mainstream 90s Hollywood, where they would have almost exclusively uh, queer actors and characters blatantly reject heteronormativity, unapologetic references to sexual activities, queer sexual activities. Mm specifically (laughs) and it basically just be like screamingly queer so like things like but i'm a cheerleader or paris is burning or nowhere is included on that list yeah but i'm a cheerleader one of the first queer films that i became obsessed with as a child holds up surprisingly (laughs) well Mm -hmm. um but incredible film and yeah so they were all all those movies were part of that movement and nowhere is included in that list and it's free on youtube so if anybody wants to watch it, it exists for now, at least, because it did seem like it was a rip. So <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, get it while you can. I might yeah. be responsible for that. Yeah, <laughs> I do think, yeah, the look of it is really cool. And I was, you know, pleased by all the queerness. Hell yeah. Awesome. The story is, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, OK, lastly, sorry, I've gone on a long time for a movie I don't care that much about. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> lastly, I watched Brain Damage. Uh, have y'all seen this movie? <laughs> yes. I'm actually oh, going to yeah. do a podcast about it this week. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I yeah. forgot I saw you post about it the other day. I so, have not. Um, Colin, you probably like it. It's just like an 80s, like, goofy horror movie about a monster. This monster looks like a big turd. <laughs> like, <laughs> you got me there. He, like, eats people's brains. I don't know. He's, like, kind of taking control over this one guy by giving him like some mm-hmm. kind of hallucinogenic drug and makes him take him around to eat brains so yeah it's just a goofy silly movie same people that did basket case if you ever watched basket case and i love basket case yeah mm, i've never seen frankenhooker but yeah brain damage good film uh there was one scene that i felt was pretty uncomfortable but other than that hell yeah the rest <laughs> of it was good uh all right that's what i've been Five watching stars. <laughs> I don't know if I would say five stars, but no, no, five stars. <laughs> but I would say it was fun to watch. So, and I haven't watched—I haven't been watching a lot of cult horror for a while, and that used to be a thing I was super into. So it was kind of uh, mm-hmm. felt a little nostalgic for me, even though it's not a movie I'd seen before. Hell yeah. All right, yeah, that's what I've been watching. That's all for me. Okay. Ryan, what do you got to plug? Where can people find you, etc.? So I uh, have two uh, podcasts available right now. Uh, the first is my baby, The Coolness Chronicles. Uh, it is a subjective pop culture history tour where I, over the course of like 100 episodes, uh, go deep into Mystery Science Theater 3000 from the very origins of it to the movies that it parodies and uh, is influenced by to the entire history of the series and then riff tracks and cinematic titanic and now the uh netflix revival and it is uh oh, hell yeah it's a it's like a weird audio documentary i have clips i have a bunch of stuff it's hopefully funny probably not it is it is oh thank you you're so mm-hmm. sweet uh it's <laughs> I, I love uh making it and uh it's it's very emotionally fulfilling and then i have uh reels of justice uh, i'm a co-host on that we uh, take a movie every week and we put it in a fake trial with a judge, a prosecutor, a defender, and a jury and determine if it's guilty Amazing. or innocent of being a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've actually had a lot of people from MST3K on the show, so I got to meet them through that, which is awesome. 
Hell yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. And both shows are available on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, wherever you can find Screen Vomit, you can find those two shows. And <laughs> I am on uh, Twitter at CoolnessPodRyan, on Instagram at The Coolness Chronicles, and uh, we're also on Facebook and Podchaser. Hell yeah. Also, uh, normals, if you're interested, check out the episode of Coolness Chronicles that I recently guested on. That's right. Uh, The last episode, uh, as of this recording, uh, called The Dynamic Duo, Kayla was nice enough to be the guest of my first uh, segment called the Coolness Chronicles Community Outreach, where I talk to my favorite podcasters, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Y'all hear that? I'm a fave. (laughs) So honored. Um, All right. So for us... You can find us on uh, Instagram and everywhere else at Screen Vomit. One word on all of the things. Give us a subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a rating and review. You can send us an email at ScreenVomitPod at gmail.com or tweet us with your thoughts on this movie or other movies or suggest a movie. Hey, if you want to hear me and a buddy of mine talk about labor and union organizing and making sure you have power in your workplace check out my podcast how to fire your boss it's up uh, everywhere you know wait no it's secret you can't find it <laughs> i'm gonna change it one of those everyone else figure it out. everyone Next else has their... here like... everyone else is always like you can find my podcast you can find my podcast you never hear anyone be like you'll never find my podcast <laughs> i've left you all the clues <laughs> <laughs> mr policeman <laughs> Uh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's up everywhere. All right, and next week, we're going to have a, uh, well, they're all special episodes, but next week will also be a very special episode because it's going to be our two-year anniversary episode. Happy and anniversary! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And to celebrate, we will be uh, <laughs> engaging in the return of the patent stands uh, as we watch Cosmopolis. So check that movie out and... Uh, be sure to check out that episode. And uh, thanks, Ryan, for joining us. Oh, yeah. thank you so much for it's having rolled. me. This is, uh, I love this show, and uh, this was a oh, lot yeah. of thank fun. You. Thank you. Aw, thank, thank, you. thank you. Love that. And uh, <laughs> all right, see everybody else next week. Okay, bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Twenty hot bald guys.